Welcome to the Nimbus Records podcast. This month, we have another special episode featuring a conversation between composer Lawrence Crane and pianist John Schneiders, recorded in Lawrence's London home. We were approached last month by Lawrence, who kindly asked us if he could use the platform of the podcast to talk about his collaboration with John. We really enjoy Lawrence's compositions here at Nimbus, so we were more than happy to hear him speak about his inspiration and the evolution of his compositional style. A Spotify playlist with all the pieces heard in the podcast is linked below, along with all the social media links that are relevant. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. Okay, so uh, I am Lawrence Crane, I'm composer. And on the other side of the microphone is John Snyders, who is not a composer, but a pianist and artistic director of the Ives Ensemble. Uh, and uh, so John is sitting on my right, which means I am sitting on his left. Which probably means that he's sitting on your right and I'm sitting on your left, but... Well, you'll figure it out at some point. That's great. So, um, John, I wonder if we could start um, by talking about your ensemble, the Ives Ensemble, right? which um, you have been directing for over 30 years now. Yes, yeah, very long. The, the, the official start of it is sort of vague. I think nowadays we say 1986, but it could be 85 or even 84. I mean, we've been doing things. It's yeah. it's sort of a group that I started when I was studying at the uh, conservatoire in The Hague uh, in, in the 1980s. And then at some point uh, I was constantly looking for weird kind of pieces to look at and to yeah. listen to. And I found in the library, the public library in The Hague, which had an immensely uh, impressive music library, uh, I found all these scores of little pieces by Charles Ives, all these ah. little chamber music pieces for weird combinations, you know, like Coranglay, three violins and piano. Yeah. And, uh, and they all looked really intriguing and I wanted to hear them. But there were no recordings of them at all. And of course, it was pre-internet, so there wasn't yeah. a YouTube or an whatever uh, to try and find out if there were recordings. So I decided that the only way for me to listen to them and to hear them was to actually perform them. So I got on the phone to fellow students um, and yeah. sort of amassed this band of people and we put on a concert of a number of these little Ives pieces and then we needed a name so I thought well why not call ourselves for, for, for want of a better name we'll just call ourselves the Ives Ensemble also because Ives and Schoenberg were born in the same year uh, 1874, ah, okay. yeah. 1874 yeah and uh, the other ensemble that was started at the conservatoire was called the Schoenberg Ensemble. So I thought it was so kind of fitting that oh, we, we I, were then the Ives Ensemble. Yeah. I have absolutely, I mean, I've known you now for uh, uh, over 15 years. And I had absolutely no idea up to that point as to how you got the name the Ives Ensemble, other than, of course, that Charles Ives is a is a, a fabulous composer. Yeah. Um, and and did you then, um, you, did you define your repertoire interests quite early on aside from Ives in a way yes 
uh, I guess that from that uh, at that point I was starting to be more and more interested in sort of American avant-garde first the early 20th century avant-garde with Ives yeah. and, and then went on to look at Feldman and Cage and all those things and that just got stronger and stronger and then of course you know you branch out into like loads of other things we do contemporary Dutch composers and then yeah. at some point uh, in 1990 I got to know uh, Christopher Fox uh, yes. In Darmstadt, the only time I've been to the Darmstadt Ferienkurse, right. but worth going uh, just for that reason. To but meet, worth to meet the, the apparently, great Christopher it, yes, Fox. it turned out yeah. that we uh, that it was worth going for that reason. And then Chris and I, well, uh, we we started this friendship which lasts till today. Uh, so I think that's sort of my way into the UK new that part of the UK new music yeah. scene. Um, which of course uh, grew stronger and stronger, and, and then five years ago I moved to the UK. So, you know, that's, so I'm now trapped. Right. There's nothing else I can do now. Yeah. Um, I, I I first I first heard um, of the Ives Ensemble in the '90s through your fantastic recordings of the late Feldman pieces. Yeah. Um, did you uh, did the ensemble um, actually? Uh, uh, work with Feldman just before no. he died? No, you didn't. But no. you did well, he died. Cage, didn't you? Yes, we did. Yeah. I mean, Feldman died in 1987. Yeah. That was before I did my, my exam in the Conservatory. Okay. So I was starting to okay. be... In, so I did meet him a few times. Yeah. And the last time I met him was, I think, six weeks before his death. Okay. Uh, in Middelburg in, in the Netherlands, where, he, where there was a big new music festival, and he was there as a guest. He'd been there for a couple, a couple of times. And, yeah. and uh, I had uh, the good fortune of taking, sitting down with him for about an hour and going over a lot of his, his uh, uh, scores, specifically all those late pieces, okay. the, the long pieces. Right. Because you know, not everything was clear to me how how things would work. So, and he was really patient, and very friendly. Because I think that at that point, still almost nobody was interested in performing them. So he was very happy that someone took an interest and yeah, uh, uh, and, and was willing to commit to those uh, long pieces. And and after he died, of course, we just went on uh, uh, doing them. But we never re- had had a ha- had an opportunity to work with him. Cage, of course, died later. 92, and in 92 yeah. and Cage was uh, in the conservatoire he was a guest in the conservatoire for three weeks in oh. my final year there yeah. so I really got to know him reasonably well then and um, at the end uh, uh, the last day he, he said to uh, my then partner who run, ran the Ives Ensemble with me Richard Reinfors, composer uh, he said to him, "Well, when you're ever in New York, just come and visit. I'm in the phone book, so just give me a call." <laughs> and by pure chance, we did go to New York the next summer. Right. So we looked in the phone book, and sure enough, he was in the phone book. So we <laughs> called him, and he said, "Yes, yes, of course. When do you want to drop by?" And then that we dropped by the next day, which happened to be my birthday. So we spent my birthday a uh, whole afternoon uh, at Cage's house, and then asked him if he'd like to do a piece for the ensemble, which yeah. he was very happy to do. So he wrote a piece called Ten for yeah. Ten Players, which is a thirty-minute piece, absolutely wonderful. Yeah, it's a fantastic piece, so, and, and and again a, a piece you record. With the ensemble, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. and then we met 
at the Chaudiamus Week. You and I, yes, yes we did. When Ira Price played your movement for ensemble. That was in 2002. 2002, yeah. Right, yes. And that was a 15 minute piece I'd done for the uh, Dutch Ensemble Orchestra Ira Price. And yeah, as you say, uh, you were sitting, you and Richard were sitting in front of me. Yeah, I couldn't remember where I, whether I was sitting in front of you or, yeah. or, or uh, behind you, but I know that because I know that I was really uh, moved by that piece and really impressed by yeah. it, and so I felt, which I never do really, I felt the need to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad you did, <laughs> um, and this started uh, so I, I, as a result of that, uh, I've been. Now working with you on the ensemble for um, well uh, over fifteen years now, and uh, then the next year, uh, two thousand and three, you were doing a, the ensemble were doing a project with um, uh, Dance Works Rotterdam, yes. where you were doing the uh, piece by John Cage, sixteen dancers in the second half, yeah. and uh, uh, choreographed, and you. Uh, were looking for a piece to, uh, that the um, young Portuguese choreographer Bruno Listopad could um, could choreograph, and he yeah. uh, he and you alighted on my piece. So I did a um, a rescoring of my piece movement, which has become movement for ten musicians. Yes. Um, uh, the ensemble um, uh, the movement for ten musicians is scored uh, for is a much more classical lineup than the more sort of wind and brass dominated error yeah. price version yes um so you played that as both a uh, a dance piece and a, um, and a concert, concert piece, piece. Yeah. and um yeah uh, that was uh, that was the first piece i i did with you yes yeah. and then we just kept on doing your pieces with some, <laughs> which with is some very, very, kind, very kind of you thank you commission we did was the uh, the um, chamber symphony yeah after after the dance piece uh, in 2007 I did uh, my first now first chamber symphony because I've done a second one since yes. which, which, yeah which you did in a number of concerts in in the Netherlands um, yeah. and then you've done other chamber pieces mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. since then yes and um, then when was it the piano quintet I was at the premiere of that. Yeah, so my piano quintet... It was Purcell Room, right? Yeah, in the Purcell Room. So um, the, my piano quintet was written in 2011, and uh, so it's the first ever commission um, by the Richard Thomas Foundation, which is, uh, as, as we know, run by Richard Thomas. And Richard um, Richard's first um, uh, aim in commissioning me was was because he wanted a he wanted to commission a piece for his 50th birthday and he put on a concert um for his 50th birthday he'd he'd 
he'd commissioned a painter in when he was 40 to do a portrait of himself and his wife um but decided that for his 50th he wanted to commission a, a piece of music mm-hmm. so um how did he get by how did he get to you well uh, good question um uh, a pianist called andrew matthews owen yes. was teaching at that time richard's two children and and um andrew took part in a concert in the warehouse in London, played some of my pieces, and that's how he heard my music at first. Oh, that, right, that's the, that's yeah. the connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he contacted me then, decided that he wanted to commission me. I mean, he's since gone on to commission um, many composers yes. in, as part of the Richard Thomas Foundation activities. Yeah, and then at some point decided that he wanted a CD label to go with it. In, indeed, and yeah. that's, yeah, that's where we've, that's where we've come to. <laughs> uh, but he also actually, so the, the, the thing was that the... Um, I wrote my piano quintet in 2011. It was played by the Brodowski Quartet with Andrew Matthews Owen. And uh, you at the premiere, and then uh, you decided you wanted to do it in Amsterdam with the Ives Ensemble, and Richard came to that concert yes. and then became interested in the Ives Ensemble, which is great because he, he uh, managed to bring you to Purcell Room. You did a concert yep. in late 2013, I think. Yes. Um, and um, uh, there, therefore... With with his interest in the label, when it came to be that we, you recorded a CD of my music, um, his label became a natural home. Yeah, specifically because he he thought well, it's the first commission that I did, mm. so I wanted to be on one of my CDs because yeah. that would be only logical. It, it would it's fantastically logical, and uh, we're very glad he was so logical about it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and then of course we had to uh, fill the CD because even though it's one of your biggest pieces in time, it is ne- at nearly thirty minutes. Yes, yeah. um, but it's still not a full CD. So it's we... still that's not a well, that's that's a, that's a half price CD, isn't it? Thirty minutes. Um, I yes. Well, the criteria for the CD, I've I've been very lucky in the last few years of having a number of CDs recorded of my work, and that's all you know, kind of uh, like um. um as they say about um, buses, you know, they'll always be, yes. they'll be they don't come in, yes. they, they all come at yeah. once. You yeah, know. You, you wait yeah. for years and then four come along. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's what happened. And as a result of that, um, one of the criteria for, no one had recorded the piano quintet before, obviously, but um, uh, as a result of the criteria was, the, the criteria for selecting pieces was that uh, they had to be first recordings. Um, so this meant going back into um, into the mists of time. Yeah, to your back catalogue yeah. to see what uh, on earth hadn't been recorded yet. Yeah, which, which meant... Um, yeah, I remember getting that list. <laughs> yeah, these are all the pieces that you could do that haven't been recorded yet. Yeah. And then they had to fit into the instrumentation, which was, um, well, uh, string quartet, piano, flute... And, and possibly something yeah. else if we can... Yeah. Yeah. Ended up as flute, of course, Rick playing wonderful flute on the album, um, and and third hand, and th- oh yes, yes, we 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 may just put a plug in for Rick Andreessen's uh, third hand. Third hand. Uh, he has two hands, but he was playing the third hand of yeah. it. Yeah. Well, the two pieces for yeah. uh, the one for violin, one for cello, both with a piano three hands instead of four or two. So that's where it came in. That's correct. Those those are two pieces uh, of six that I actually what I composed in the nineteen eighties. So it was it was like going back right back to the nineteen eighties. Um, um, 
you know, without without the perms, as it were. Yes. Um, and uh, so six small trios from the 1980s and uh, the piano quintet from 2011 and then two more recent piano solos which you play on the CD yeah. um, and that's a, a piece called Len Valleyus uh, 2014 and uh, also Klavierstücke Opus 84 or 85 Keith Miller Project to give it its full title yeah, which is funny because I did the recording of that piece before the live world premiere. That's so right. So actually, this is the the CD has the first performance of that piece that, on it. That's absolutely correct. I finished the piece actually two days before the recording. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. composers are terrible that way, aren't they? Yes, that's absolutely true. And <laughs> uh, um, but now, the, yeah, and that, yeah, and that's that. That's quite interesting actually because it's. And and that is the only piece on the CD that's specifically written, well, for someone within the Ives Ensemble, me. Yes, that's true. As a specific commission. Yes, uh, it's true. Um, the commission for that piece, uh, Klavierstücke, was um, from uh, a good uh, mutual friend of ours, um, Susanna Eastburn. And Susanna wanted to commission a piece... Um, for uh, the 50th birthday of her partner, uh, Keith, Keith Miller. Uh, and for ages, they were, my working title was Keith Miller Project. Um, when it came to the final title, um, the title Opus 84 or 85 is um, is a, a sort of um, slightly painful joke, really, because it's, uh, it, it's, I, I had to do a list, I had to do a, update my work list I couldn't decide whether to include a really early piece on it. Oh. So if I had inc- if I included it, um, I mean I don't have opus numbers first no. of all. But if I did, I did number the pieces, mm-hmm. and if I included this early piece, the opus the number would be eighty four. No, if, if I did, included yeah. it, it'd be eighty five. If I didn't include it, it'd be eighty four. So it's, you know. So you, you're still silly. keeping all your options open, really, about that. You haven't made a decision whether that piece is in or out. Exactly. And that is also, as you know, typical of composers. They just can't make decisions. But then, of course, yeah. there's the weird thing about the Holt Quartet, because yeah. that's not on the CD, but we did record it. Indeed you did. Uh, and the reason it's not on the CD is because when we pl- we planned the CD in probably uh, early 2016, 
Um, it was recorded in June of 2016. At that point, I hadn't written the Klavierstücke piece. Yeah. Um, and we had put uh, whole quartet down. But I knew I was going to write the Klavierstücke. And um, I uh, estimated that it was going to be 10 to 12 minutes. Yes, and, and then the it end ended, ended up, up being 18. Yes, so the CD was over length. Hence, Hulk Quartet being consigned to this podcast, but um, because, but well, and and in the end, it sort of makes sense that that was the one piece that had to go because it's the only one that doesn't really fit uh, with the rest. Because there's six six early trios that yeah. sort of well don't belong together, but are now you know sort of one thing. They are one thing, yeah. And then there's the piano quintet, which is a thing in its own. Yeah, and the two uh, solo pieces. And then the whole quartet, even though it's an immensely beautiful piece, was then the kind of Fremdkörper. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> indeed so. And uh, yeah, so that, that, that's, that's exactly the reason it, it had to go rather than any other. Because to, to have eliminated one of the trios would have made, would have unbalanced it, I think. I think that the trios have yeah. to exist together. Yes, but because we had recorded it anyway, we needed to bring it out some yeah. way or other. Yeah. So I, th I think um, if I, the whole quartet itself is um, uh, maybe if I just say a bit about the um, the how it how came, it came about. about and and <laughs> why why it's called Hulk Quartet um, in two thousand and seven I, I did a short uh, small commission to do a piece for piano trio um, which I called. Um, Simon 10 Holt 50 and that was a three minute piece um, and it was commissioned especially for the composer Simon Holt's uh, 50th birthday uh, so the title's a bit of a bit of a play on the fact that um, there is Simon Holt the British composer and there was also uh, he's, he's no longer with us but uh, there was uh, Simeon 10 Holt and uh, I, I had um, speculated that um that i'd never seen the two of them in the same room together so uh neither uh, have i yeah no. so um uh, but in fact they were two separate people so uh it's a little play on that uh, i can attest to that I, you haven't you've never met simeon den holt right no i haven't no, i've I... i've met both holts now, okay so and i can holts. i can safely say that they were two different they are two different people yeah. well were and are because of course, Simeon is no longer with yeah. us, but Simon is. No, no, I'd seen a picture of uh, Simeon Tenholt, but uh, I, but I'd never met him. But uh, but uh, Simon Tenholt, <laughs> or Simon Holt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Simon Tenholt Fifty is also a bit. It's a bit like a sort of uh, rugby score as well, I suppose. Possibly, uh, I, I don't know enough yeah. about rugby to know whether that's a feasible no, no. score or not. <laughs> I think it's a feasible. Well, I don't. I don't really know much about rugby. I, I know. 1050 is a feasible score whereas in okay. football of course it wouldn't be no usually not it definitely wouldn't be no, no it definitely wouldn't be okay anyway this piece simon 10 hot 50 was a, a a piano trio and uh then in 2013 i was a guest of the bozzini quartet in canada they uh were actually they did the um piano quintet they were, they, they were the other people to do it, the, uh, the uh, Bartzini Quartet with um, with Philip Thomas, 
the English pianist. And so they've they've done it uh, actually twice now, once in Montreal and once in uh, Bologna. Um, and in the Montreal performance, they wanted a, um, another piece of mine to, um, to, to play in that concert. And I didn't at the time have a string quartet of any sort. And I, uh, uh, I thought that I would revisit the material in mm-hmm. Simon Tenhall 50, and um, which is what I do. And it's not, it's not a, it's, it's very much not a straight arrangement. It takes the basic material and takes it slightly somewhere else. I mean, it's only, it's five minutes long rather than three minutes long. It doesn't do that much more with it, but it, it, uh, it, it just goes in a slightly different direction. Um, I've I've also got a, a a piece which is much more a direct arrangement of Simon Tenholt Fifty, which is just called Halt. So, um, yeah, it's this whole series of pieces based around the idea of Halt. Well, you can go on and make another, <laughs> make a complete Halt CD uh, it, at some point. It, indeed, um, it, it is a Halt. Of course, is also a place in um, in Norfolk. Ah. yeah, North Norfolk. Okay. Uh, anyway, the piece is um, is uh, whole, the whole quartet is very very um, it's very very sustained um, with a what we might call a stepwise melody <laughs> dominating it. I was wondering if there's something you could say about the pieces on the cd in in kind of you know there's there's six early pieces yeah two late pieces and a piece that's late-ish and then the Holt quartet which is slightly before late-ish <laughs> i don't know it's not this... well i don't it's not i'm not saying that you're now in your late period <laughs> that would be very sad to say that but but uh, yeah. there, there seems to be call it mature mat- okay <laughs> that's fine yeah as 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 opposed to your early immature trios I mean. <laughs> maybe uh, but there is there is quite a lot of in a way there's a lot of difference between the uh, uh, the thinking about structure and the thinking about how the pieces work I mean there's you've been doing more and more long pieces in the last couple of years something that I think that at that point when I met you you said that movement was the biggest single movement piece you'd done so far yeah, it was indeed, and uh, that was uh, two thousand two. Uh, for yeah, so really for around nearly twenty years, I just I just wrote miniatures, um, which you define as maybe single idea pieces that just worked through, worked an idea in in a fairly static way, I suppose, and then mm-hmm. stop maybe you know between three and five minutes long, um, and any long piece that I did. Um, at that point um, would have been um, a collection of miniatures. So it's sweet. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So um, something like a song cycle weirdy, which you've performed, yes. is, you know, well, it's a collection of songs, in fact, but, but there's other pieces that are just, you know, collections of miniatures. But um, So these six early trios are very much in that mould. They, they, they have a, they have a, they have a, a thing, a, a that thing, they do. a thing that they do, and they do it, and it stops yeah. after a while, and it's it's very, it's very, it's very clear cut. Um, the other pieces on the CD, uh, I'm putting putting Hulk Quartet aside because, in a way, that has a 
that has a, a miniature feel. But the piano quintet is certainly one of my more complex pieces structurally. Um, it has um, very definite um, uh, type of discourse, I suppose. Um, the two piano pieces follow that to a certain extent as well, I think. Um, and uh, it's very much more sort of fractured type of structural thought, I think. Yes. Well, yeah, perhaps almost a, a, in the kind of way that some Messiaen scores, or quite a lot of Messiaen's later works, yeah. do a thing, they have one element, and then yeah. they have another element, and a third element, and they sort of rotate. Yeah. But they're not necessarily influencing each other all the time. No, that's they're true. They sort of that's juxtaposed true. more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, juxtaposed. And so, so, and in that sense, uh, essentially static. Um, I mean, the, the yeah. it's it's not it's not developmental in in the sense that you necessarily. There's no journey involved no from journey. beginning to end. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, those are all. Uh, I, just, I would say also that um, the my harmonic language has changed uh, quite a bit as well. I'd say that. Um, I mean, the central thing about the piano quintet is um, is a, a tension between major and minor, yes. which there's this chord at the beginning, which is a combination of C major and C minor. I remember actually the first time. No, maybe the second time you did this piece, piano quintet in the Netherlands, you had a, the general title for the concert was... Um, tonal or not tonal. Exactly. So yes. you, Or yes. tonal or atonal. Yeah, you, and you did a series of pieces in the concert that, that were all ambiguous in that way. Yes, sort of making use of tonal elements without being tonal music. Because, to, of course, tonal music implies a kind of harmonic structure following specific harmonic rules. Uh, but you use tonal elements without using those tonal uh, tonal structures and, that, and harmonic rules. That's correct. So I use I use uh, tonal um, materials as objects to be moved around on the yeah. on the board, as it were. And and I I actually seriously enjoy putting things which are not naturally related next to each other. <laughs> yes, don't we all? Yes. <laughs> Um, but yes, and, and that, that uh, in the piano quintet, the four movements are all in some way preceded by a version of this of this chord. And th this is uh, almost, um, I mean, actually, the, the way that I, I do arrange these um, tonal objects next to each other is, uh, is again, very different from uh, these early pieces on the on the CD, which which um, uh, just really present something and and stay in it, but um, the harmonic language is in some way simpler, I think, even though it's in the piano quintet, it's still essentially quite simple, but it's yeah. it's a little bit more. Yeah, and then when we get to the Klavierstücke, there, there's really a lot of, hum well, the, the harmony has become very much a lot more complex in a way. Although, you know, it, I, thinking about that, there's a couple of movements where the right hand has very sort of strong, clear uh, uh, tonal chordal structure. Yes. And the left hand does as well. 
Yeah. But once you play them both together, it it gets to this sort of polytonal or uh, thing that is a lot more complex than than uh, uh, a lot of other music that I've heard. So right. that's sort of what what yeah. you've been doing in the last few years, anyway. It is, yeah, it is absolutely. Um, this is this has happened um uh yeah this has definitely happened in the last few years um uh, well last 10 years or so i suppose um uh and yeah the there's certain other pieces that do that do that are there's a uh long piano piece that you play piano piece number 23 ethiopian yes. distance runners and um both chamber symphonies do it. The one, one written yes. for you, the other written for the London Sinfonietta. Yeah. Piece called uh, Cobble Section after Cobble Section, which yes. is an orchestral piece, and um, uh, piece for Audi called Pieces About Art. Yeah, uh, that, that's it's. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't, I think, I think, I don't necessarily plan um, what how in what direction my music's going to go i take it piece by piece but there's a sort of natural evolution i think happens when you start to think about things and um it's uh i like the fact that one can see certain elements that are there all the time if you look at a work from 30 years ago and now but that there are very definite advances or changes in mm-hmm. the, in the in the way i think about things
so that's yeah that's that's the cd that's the whole quartet that's yeah. how you've uh, that's how we've ended up putting it as a uh, a track so um well, so john you mentioned the fact that you'd you you now live in the uk mm-hmm. and in fact you live in durham yes uh where you're head of performance at durham university um uh how, what do you what do you what's what's your main focus of interest at the moment uh sort of twofold i'm working on on sort of linking contemporary music and contemporary visual arts in some ways right. either by asking asking composers to do pieces that have something to do with visual arts or ask visual artists to work on projects that involve contemporary music right um, i've been working with a london based artist called gordon trigley or oh, he's made a set of drawings that for him are pure drawings and for me are scores so right, I've recorded okay. those, and yeah. they should come out at some point. Um, Brilliant. And I'm uh, working on another project <clears throat> with an artist called Jane Bustin, who uh, uh, has done a body of work around the dancer Nijinsky, dancer-choreographer. And one of his most famous ballets was on Debussy's Prelude à l'après-midi d'un phone. And she wanted to do something around that. And she asked me if I want to be involved. So I actually composed a piece because I did study composition in The Hague uh, for a couple of years. So I'm I'm still partly a composer. So I, I, I made a piano piece that is a kind of deconstruction of Debussy's piece. Right, and she made a number of tables, objects that are tables with things on them, um, based on copies of a book, an early biography of Nijinsky, <clears throat> and she's done all kinds of beautiful things to them. And then her son is a ballet dancer, so he he's doing a choreography based well on the music and based around the books, and hopefully we're going to. Uh, premiere that in the next couple of months we're working on that one yeah so that's a thing and then i'm actually working on a book sort of short book uh which you could call a, a short monograph on a piece by feldman uh, one of his more obscure pieces called ixion okay uh, yeah. a piece that he wrote for the most cunningham dance company yeah um and it's a uh, uh, a graphic score, so the the score is only squares with numbers in it. Yeah. And uh, I'm writing on the uh, performance problems of that piece and about what the score is, about sort of the nature, how you interpret that score and how, you know, yeah. the weird problems that come with a score that doesn't look like a score at all. But then I also talk about um, the relation of that piece, the relationship of that piece with the art of Jackson Pollock. Okay. Because it's he wanted to write a piece trying to compose in the same way, he thought, as Jackson Pollock painted. Right. Which is very interesting. Yeah. So, And I'm trying to square those two and to find out yeah. how, how, how that works. But that's that's still in the works and should hopefully be finished in the next few months. That sounds fascinating. And yeah. um, and then I'm doing work on performance practice in the 19th century, which is a, which is a completely different right. thing. Right, yeah, com- yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. probably 
too time-consuming to say much about that. But you're still finding time to go back to the Netherlands and do Concerts of the Ives? Uh, yeah, whenever we can. I mean, we don't do a, as much as we used mm. to do because of the funding situation in the Netherlands, yeah. which is, to be honest, completely dire. Yeah. And we have lost all the funding that we had now, so we're completely fundless. Yeah. And we can only do concerts when there is a, a possibility of actually... Uh, you know, getting external funds, scraping together what we can. Um, so we still do concerts uh, as much as we can, but as mm. much as we can is really not as much as we used to do. But yeah, yeah whenever I, whenever we do things, I go back to the Netherlands and play. Or, or every year we try to invite the ensemble to do concerts in the Contemporary Music Festival that we have in Durham at the university. So that's, that's yeah, another okay. steady yeah. thing, or has been for the past uh, seven years, I think. I think this is a terrible situation in the Netherlands, where the, the funding has been so decimated, hasn't it, in the last yes. ten years or so? Yeah, by its very odd political choice, when mm. we had a government that actually at some point claimed that they thought uh, art was a leftist hobby, mm. and therefore should yeah. not be part of government funding. Of course, they couldn't make that stick with big museums and things but they did mean that over the course of a few years art fundings for most of contemporary art things and definitely contemporary dance and contemporary uh, music has been absolutely staggeringly bad I mean it's ever more or less we had huge amounts of groups in the Netherlands that were all doing wonderful things in contemporary music you know I played in two I've got the yeah. Ives Ensemble and then I played in another group called the New Ensemble yeah. which now has lost all its funding as yeah. well and the only group really uh, that's left is, is, is Asko Schoenberg yeah. which is still going but they find it very, very difficult yeah. to keep going. So it's, yeah, it's not good. But, you know, things might come round again at some point. They have a habit of changing. Uh, but I hope it'll be sooner rather than yeah, later. Because so. it's, not, it's not a healthy it's not situation healthy, no. for people, you know. Mm. That, um, and, and I know of a lot of musicians who are now no longer musicians yeah. because they can't make it work anymore, yeah. which is a very sad thing. That is very sad. And probably yeah. not the best thing to end on. No, no, no. So, so, what, so what shall we end on? Well, by asking people just to enjoy uh, the bonus track and hopefully <laughs> the rest of the CD as well. I mean, it's, I'm very happy that we were able to do it. And we're happy that, that Richard Thomas made it possible to... Uh, 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 to release it. Yeah, we're very grateful to Richard and, and uh, his label RTF Classical, which is um, uh, is part of Nimbus Alliance, and we're very grateful to Nimbus. And uh, yeah, the CD uh, we've been talking about is uh, Music by Me, Lawrence Crane, and it's called uh, Six Trios, Two Solos and One Quintet, which is a very factual title. Uh, it's performed by the Ives Ensemble, and um, we've... Uh, uh, the artistic director of the Ives Ensemble, John Schneider, is is here, at, still on my right. <laughs> I'm still on his left. Um, and uh, also we should mention that the uh, excellent recording was done by Hans Erblich. And um, he also a very nice uh, um, 
piece of information about Hans is that he is the son of uh, our, our first violinist. Yep, Yoshitaha. Yes. Yes. So and uh, beautiful. Also, um, uh, sorry, it sounds like I'm tr- trying to sell the CD, which I suppose I am in a yeah, way. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, the cover is uh, particularly nice. It's it's um, it's by a, a mutual artist friend of ours, Kalroy uh, Kazaru of from Hungary, and um, he. he and there's two where he's we asked him if he'd like to do the uh, the cover and he sent us a couple of drawings he said these you can use these as covers so we chose two drawings and one is now the front cover and the other is the back cover and they're absolutely beautiful so so thank you very much for listening to our podcast